This is The Spot, a BYU-Idaho radio production, where we talk about what you're talking about at BYU-Idaho. Today's hosts are I, Christian Nelson. Me, Chandler Guadney. And me, Brianna Leal. The views and opinions of this podcast are not that of BYU-Idaho radio or the university and are solely the opinions of the hosts. This week, we're talking about winter weather survival or cold weather survival. Oh, yes. Very needed, especially since... And it's like ironic because like a storm hit right when school was about to start. Like why? Like, right. Yeah. Mother Nature hates us, man. I swear. I know it was a pretty it was a pretty mild winter, kind of leading up to to Christmas. Like I was keeping tabs on my friends who were still here, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, the streets are still clear, no snow." And then uh, the day after I got back, right before oh, the semester no. starts, just snow don't right yeah yeah the so. day that i was getting back on january 4th that's ex- the exact day that it started happening so yeah. it was rough while i was traveling yeah traveling in the snow is no joke i've had to travel through i want to call them blizzards i don't know if they are officially blizzards but it felt like it in the moment right but i had to drive through two really scary uh just snowstorms. And one was from Nevada, where I'm from, up to back to here after a Christmas break. And it was just the, the snow was crazy. Like it, it was up to where I was sitting in my car, right? Kind of at the base of my seat. And everyone's just kind of going through these little lanes that have been made by like the trucks and other <laughs> people. And eventually got through, made it up here all the way from through Utah and everything. And then- wow. But it was really scary, and nothing really prepares you for that unless you have a vehicle that's ready for it. And so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that today. But have you guys had any instances where you've had to deal with the snow? I flew in through um, Ogden, Utah, so I take Allegiant because, especially for my situation, I travel with my cat. So I have to take Allegiant because that's the most... Um, cheapest option that I have available to me, unfortunately. But the first time I was originally supposed to travel to back home to Arizona, I was going to take the Idaho Falls Airport, but then my flight got canceled. And so I, I don't have a car, so I've been taking the Salt Lake Express. So I had no way back to my apartment other than just picking up a lift. So I decided the smartest option, at least for me, for those of you who are traveling with animals possibly, um, I especially taking Allegiant, I recommend going to Provo or to Salt Lake City, you know, to those specific airports. And um, and it like it's a more larger chance that you would be able to take that flight without it getting canceled. So that's what I recommend specifically when you are traveling in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, just the, the fact that like when I was getting ready to come back here, I was afraid that my flight was going to get canceled. Like I flew with Alaska and it wasn't, it wasn't canceled. Um, but so I was able to get here and, and get here safely. But I will tell you in the past when I've, been here this is like my third winter hopefully my last winter if i graduate when i'm supposed to graduate so we'll see but um we traveled me and my brother and my sister um one 
one winter we traveled to go, I think it was, we were traveling from Utah to here for something and, and the snow, uh, it was snowing hard and it, I don't know if it was, like you said, you didn't know if it was a blizzard conditions. Um, but it was windy enough where the, the snow was blowing on the road and it just looked like it was cloudy and it was, it was foggy and we couldn't see anything that was happening except for the, except for the snow that was blowing in front of us. And I think it's so true that like when it's snowing like that, there's no such thing as lanes. There's no such yeah. thing as parking spots. Oh, like the yeah. lines don't exist. Like you have to make your own lines. Yeah. You have um, to guesstimate. So it's yeah. just like a whole thing about just being cautious and being safe. Yeah. yeah. Dude, the scariest thing. So last, uh, last spring, so around May, and I'm, I'm going out to Wisconsin to do a summer job. And I drove the whole way from Idaho. But the scariest leg of the trip was going up into Colorado because everything was fine. It was just a little rainy the whole day. But, like, it was, it was beautiful. Like, Colorado is a really fun place to drive through. Um, you just get to see all these mountains. Like, you really feel like you're in some sort of, like, Wild West mining town area because that, that's what it is. And I'm driving through, and there's this one pass. And I guess you're going uphill into a mountain before you hit Denver uh, when you're headed east. And it just started snowing like crazy. And there was ice everywhere. And most people had to be, like, we were all going about maybe 15 miles an hour, which extended the trip to to Denver, which was where I was going to stop for the night uh, by like an hour, hour or two. And it was, but it was terrifying. I was, I was convinced that I was probably going to get hurt or have to be stopped and get off to the side of the road or even die. Like it was, it was terrifying and the wind was just blowing like crazy and just everything was coming down and visibility was awful. I couldn't see anything, not the lane markers, nothing. And all I was going off of was there was a bigger truck with better brights ahead of me, like a big semi truck. And I was just following the red lights of their their back tail lights the whole time. So that's that's what I was doing. And I was just hoping, yeah, I hope that they take the exit that goes to, to Denver. But it was terrifying. And I started to wonder, like, man, what do I do if I'm stuck in my car on the side of the road for a night where it's blizzard conditions? So I did some research about how you can kind of prepare for the weather and a lot of it comes down to what you're wearing at the time. And there are other things that you can bring in your car that also help protect against weather. But let's start with, like, what you wear. So I know that, Brianne, you did some research about good winter weather clothing. So what are some recommendations you have for our oh, audience? Oh, yes, I did. So definitely a checklist. So I call this the winter survival wear shopping list. So if you don't have these already... I recommend that you you might want to buy that this winter if you're still here. But you, I recommend a winter jacket. So this could be a trench coat. Um, puffer jackets are more effective during especially times like these where it's supposed to be really cold today. Um, I recommend thick, stable, you know, very um, reliable pants that work, you know. And then warm scarf, I would definitely recommend that, especially within the negative degree with um, weathers that are very severe. So I know last winter we reached negative 39 with a negative 49 degree wind chill. 
So I, I recommend. That, yeah. Oh yeah, that me was too. Awful. I remember that. Yeah, so I recommend definitely if you don't want frostbite and if you want to feel your face, I would recommend wearing a scarf. <laughs> so especially winter gloves. I also recommend. So I didn't. I had no idea this existed until I was shopping to come here, a uh, last winter. Um, but it's called thermal underwear. So it sounds weird, but trust me, it's a lifesaver. It saves lives. I I'm telling you this right now. But thermal underwear. So you can buy a thermal shirt that goes along with the thermal pants. So this goes under your regular normal wear, and I mean this could also, especially if you're endowed. There's also thermal um, um, garments. Yeah, thermal garments. So that are available to you. So I highly recommend those type of thermal um, thermal um, wear. So also some popular brands that I looked at and I researched about. So one of the popular ones is North Face. So this one's a popular yeah. brand. Um, you said this one is more geared towards. Or I think it's it's not necessarily that it's geared towards just fashion. Yeah. But um, they've become a very like fashionable item to wear. Kind of like Arcturix is a. It's a very kind of. It's almost statusy to yeah. to wear it, but it's because it's very good quality stuff. Okay. So yeah. So it yeah. comes. It's quality. And it's also, um, it's a little bit, rec- would you say it's a little recreational? Totally. I think the North Face and Arcturix and Patagonia, all those brands, they're very serious about their outdoor gear. Okay. Um, you'll find those brands in serious outdoor outlets like REI Okay. things I'd, like that. I'd so. even add Columbia to that mix a little bit too. Oh, Columbia yeah. is yeah. a great affordable option. Yeah, they're, yes, they're Columbia. fantastic. So, yeah, and then another good one is Heli Hansen. So it's designed to be the most advanced synthetic for high intensity activities. So which one is that again? This one's called Heli Hansen. Heli Hansen. Yeah. So that one's another well-known brand. And then there's Patagona. Did I spell say that right? Patagonia. Pat- yeah, Patagonia. There we go. It's known for its premier outdoor brands for ski and snow. So Yeah, those are those are all some really great brands to to look at for cold winter weather gear. Yeah, and, would and, you say this is like within the medium range of affordable? Yeah, I would say especially if we include that um Columbia. Yeah. that Chandler mentioned, I think those are very good brands that can be affordable. The there's kind of a when it comes to a lot of um so I'm I'm into like backpacking and doing a lot of outdoor uh, camping and things like that. So I'm kind of I'm a bit nerdy about that stuff, and um, it's kind of a it's kind of a buy once cry once mentality, right? So and it, it depends on your uses, right? So like if you're only ever needing something for a commute situation, and there's no way that you're going to be outside for more than you know a couple hours if something happens, like. Um, you know, you can adjust your budget accordingly, right? You don't want to sink thousands of dollars into gear that you're not going to need, oh, right? Oh, yes. But, um, but totally, like, I think those are some great brands where if you were to put your money into them, you'd be very satisfied. Yeah. Which, um, I don't know. Kicking it back to the thermal 
the thermal uh, stuff. Um, not, I mean, this isn't a plug, but 32 Heat, I found to be a really good brand for thermals. Oh, yeah, okay. they're very affordable and very yeah. effective. If we're talking about thermals. I do have a story on thermals, though. So my I served my mission in Nebraska and really the Midwest. So we, I covered like three states, and they were all in the Midwest. And so shout out to Kansas and South Dakota and Nebraska. Um, but it was extremely like stupid cold and the humidity was insane. And the rule under my mission was you could go proselyting until it was negative 30 outside, um, go knocking doors. And, uh, so the closest it got down to was negative 20 while I was on my mission. And, uh, so we were out knocking doors and surprise, surprise, no one answered. They were yeah. like, ah, you're crazy. I don't want to answer that. I don't blame you almost, but, um, you might freeze your face off, but you get life-saving, uh, eternity-saving gospel truths. Anyways, uh, but I made the stupid decision one night that I wasn't, I wasn't going to wear thermals. Oh, no. And I lasted maybe like 10 minutes, and then we had yeah. to like turn back and go because I was literally could not— you're talking about can't feel your face. I couldn't feel my legs. Like, I couldn't—so um, wear thermals. Because they, they literally are like a lifesaver, make a difference kind of deal. Totally. I mean, there is no, like, cold is cold and, and hot is hot, right? Um, <clears throat> you can kind of acclimate yourself to certain weather types, but, like, there really is just a limit to how much a human person can take before oh, yes. it's like your skin will be damaged, right? Like, you will get hurt by these environmental factors. And so it's very important like you said, to to just be prepared. And uh, one of my favorite, so another term for uh, thermals can also be like base layers. And that's more of like a broad term in like backpacking or outdoorsman stuff because like uh, base layers can also be like there's warm weather base layers where you kind of wear something that looks like a thermal, but it really, it breathes really well. So, but for cold weather base layers or thermals, one of my favorite uh, brands is Smart Wool. And I like wool. I get, I get wool socks and I get wool thermals when I can. And the reason is because wool, let's say you're doing a lot of outdoor outdoor activities. Wool is uh, naturally uh, my, microbial, antimicrobial. So it helps kill bad smells that your body naturally produces or like, you know, from your armpits and other areas. So kind of keeps you smelling a little bit better, which is nice. And it helps manage that, uh, that kind of, grossness of your sweat and and what happens there. The other thing is that wool, uh, unlike a lot of other materials, when it gets wet, will still retain up to, I believe it's 80%. I don't know if that's, I don't, I forget where I got that number from, but that's just, I think I've heard that somewhere, but it will retain up to 80% of its uh, heat retaining properties. So even when you're wet, it'll still keep you nice and nice and warm. So and that's something that I've experienced before because I served in Tacoma, Washington, and it never got like super, super cold in Tacoma on my mission, but it did get cold and it would rain a lot. And the rain makes you feel a lot colder than it actually is outside because now you're just wet. Uh, even with rain jackets, like stuff seeps in. Like when you're out there in it for 12 hours, like I don't think there's a single rain jacket. Like eventually you're going to sweat. Sometimes you can't manage the sweat well, but... You know, so you're going to get cold. You're going to get wet. And so wool is a great way to kind of help combat that so that if it does happen, you stay nice and warm. 
So Yeah, so especially me, being from Arizona when I first came here, I came here in the winter, right? So it was a good 75 degrees when I left. It was a nice 75 degrees. And then when I came here, I came in the negatives. So I've experienced, especially where I live, it, in the winter in the summertime, it gets to 120. Mm-hmm. So 75 degrees is the high for the winter times. And I've experienced triple digit weather. And I have experienced negative digit weather, so. Yeah, same here. Growing up in Nevada, like, it gets gets warm. Yeah. It gets so hot there. Luckily, I've had somebody help me to shop for these items. Mm-hmm. Um, so where I got my puffer jacket, I like wearing puffer jackets because they are very, like, they're very warm to me. I've never had a trench coat. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how effective they are in the cold weather, but I like how insulated puffer jackets are. And I got mine from Burlington. I don't remember how much it was. Mm-hmm. But the rest of my winter items, so the winter gloves, the scarf, I've got everything from, I want to say it was, let me look real quick. So it was Big Five Sporting Goods. So that's... I recommend for the more smaller necessities, so winter gloves, winter um, winter boots, winter socks. I recommend going to a sporting goods. Yeah, my my store. personal favorite store is uh, so I like REI, especially for a lot of those. It can be sometimes those things can get a little bit pricey. Oh yeah, you know, it's just the way things are, especially right now. But um. Yeah, Big Five is a Big Five is definitely a good way to to get a hold of a lot of those those brands that you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, and it's more affordable, which is why mm-hmm. I liked it at the time. But I definitely recommend doing some research, figuring out what's what store works for you, especially where these are being sold sold at. So, so yeah, you guys ready for this? Sure, yeah. Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. Walmart. Oh, yeah. I swear to you, I bought a, a puffer jacket, I guess is what you call it, um, for 20 bucks. And wow. it's lasted me like three years. And that thing keeps me so freaking warm, I can't even tell you. Like, I don't know. It, I mean, it helps that I wear long sleeve shirts underneath it and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you have to do your stuff underneath too. But it, like, by the time I get places, I'm kind of like sweating, like, no joke. Um, so I don't know. Take it for what you will, but for college students on a budget, like yeah. Walmart. Oh, like, yes. I'm not even joking. I, I agree. I think um, because I am more into the hobbyist side of, like, outdoors stuff, I definitely, I don't know. Like, like yeah, like, if you were going to go hiking and be more intense, like, probably yeah. a $20 jacket from Walmart isn't going to cut it. But, like. No, but for the purpose, it's totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're just yeah, walking rocks. on campus for or around town. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like. It depends on what your activity is, right? Like, if you're someone who wants to go hiking in the snow like me because you, I don't know, want to. Because <laughs> it's, like, oh, yes. it's not always Because you're crazy. But, no, yeah, true. I guess because <laughs> I'm crazy. But, like, if you want to do that, then, you know, <clears throat> some of my favorite brands for something like that is, I said earlier, Smart Wool's great. If you're looking for socks, darn tough. But also Costco. Costco has great, oh, affordable, yeah. like, if you have a Costco membership, there's, like, wool socks that you can get there for really cheap, too. Those are fantastic as well. And then my favorite, like, outerwear clothing, personally, is Beyond Clothing. 
Um, they're kind of a smaller, like you have to, I think, go to their website. I don't know if they're outleted anywhere right now, but yeah. they're, a, they're a really good brand if you want some uh, something that'll keep you warm and be lightweight if you're moving around a lot. So. You're wearing that right now. Yeah, and oh, I am, yeah. I'm wearing my, yeah, I'm wearing the one of their jackets right now. So they're, uh, they're great. Also, what matters a lot, too, when you're um, trying to stay warm is how you layer and what you layer with. So I did some research into layering, and this is stuff I also have been preparing for because, like, backpacking trips and hunting trips with uh, friends and family and stuff like that. And so um, there are, like, I think it's like four or five things that you, like, kind of want to layer on top of each other. And it starts with thermals, which we mentioned earlier. And then after thermals, you kind of just have like your pants, normal pants and like a normal shirt of your choice. So it could be like a flannel or it could just be just something more comfortable on top of the thermal. And then you have an insulating layer, which would be like a puffer jacket or a fleece or a hoodie or like what I'm wearing right now. Right. And then after that, you would have a like added warmth layer if it's needed. And then your biggest layers, because you kind of want to be able to fit all your warm weather, stuff that keeps you warm underneath it, is a wind, either like a windbreaker or like a rain jacket, depending on what you're encountering, right? Like if you're going to get wet, rain jacket. But if it's just windy outside, probably a big windbreaker that you can kind of put over everything. And that that's, that's what helps you uh, stay warm. And if anyone's more interested about that, I found that information out from a... Actually, it's like a like a tactical like military channel, but they do a great job. Like, uh, and it's called Spiritus Systems on YouTube, and they uh, they go over like how to layer in cold weather. And it was probably the most in depth I've I've seen, more so than like a lot of other outdoors brands have gone into it. So that's a great tool for for that info as well. Warm up like the military. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. warm up like a professional. If you want right? to be warm? <laughs> just look at the military. Yeah, look at their layering <laughs> systems. Right, they're. Oh yeah, they they're the know ones what who they're live doing. in it. So, yeah, <laughs> but um, it, oh, go man. ahead, Chandler. Yeah, I was just saying. But if you don't layer correctly, uh, for some reason, like, let's talk. Can we talk about frostbite for a second? Because that's a real <laughs> threat. Like, oh yeah, it's you, you. You. It's not good. It's not fun. It's not good. Um, like, I was talking to someone from the National Weather Service recently. Actually, his name is Jack Messick. He's a meteorologist with them and he was talking about frostbite and he said one of the things that um gets gets first is goes first is your nose and your ears mm -hmm. like your the tips of your nose and the tips of your ears and because we don't always live in front of a mirror we don't see that in ourselves and so he said one of the biggest things is to have people around you or that if you're walking down the street and you see someone starting to turn purple or like their their nose is starting to turn glossy or or waxy, um, and they're getting those signs of frostbite that you tell them, that you let them know, because that could literally be the difference between them having to lose part of their ear or, you know, whatever it is, um, to getting gangrene, really, and, or getting getting home, getting safe, getting warm. And so he said one of the things is just keep a, keep an eye out, not only for yourself, but for others, and do, to do the same, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I actually got frostburn one time. I had to walk to the to the radio station. I had to walk here last year during winter and we had that, it was the wind chill we were talking about that got down to negative 50. Oh, and yeah. I had to go at the peak of it when it was dark outside still in the morning and pretty windy. 
And I did a pretty good job because of layering because of my hobbies and stuff. And so uh, I had my ears and everything covered on my face. Uh, my eyelashes did freeze, though, which was crazy. Like I had oh, wow. little bits of, you know, frozen droplets on my eyelashes when I came in to the studio. But um, but everything was good. Like everything was was doing well. I had my face nice and covered and, you know, everything was covered. But my thermals split away from my socks because the thermals I had just weren't long enough. And uh, part of my calf was exposed and just my pants, like my jeans were protecting it. And um, and I got like a sunburn. It felt like a sunburn. It looked like a sunburn on this little part of my calf. And it was, it was like a frost burn. It was like a light frost. And that was like a 15-minute walk. So it doesn't take that long in those conditions to like get hurt right so you gotta be so careful me being from arizona this is the first time i've ever heard about anything like this Mm -hmm. even even um last winter where it was like negative 39 with the negative 49 degree wind chill that was the first time like i've ever experienced anything like that but this is the first time that i've heard about um frostburn i've only heard about sunburn especially like because it's very sunny where I live, there's um, there's not really the need to dress very warmly, but more the need to hydrate yourself, especially within the heat. Mm. So, especially one thing that I learned personally since I've been here and I researched this. So I always wondered why it was so like when it was clear skies out, why it was so much colder than why. Like, when it's cloudy outside. So, from what I've learned from the University of Illinois, explains, um, heat emitted from the Earth's surface freely escapes into space, resulting in colder temperatures. So, essentially, when it's cloudy outside, this is the first time that I've ever heard anything like this. You would think when it's clear outside, you know, the sun would warm you up, right? But no, it actually does the exact opposite when it's clear outside because all the heat is not trapped within the clouds. So all the heat that is being like created within the environment around us when it is cloudy is not being trapped within like the clouds and the land that we stand on. So when it's clearer outside, all of that heat gets escapes into space so it's like nature's insulation layer yeah Yeah. exactly it's It's like like, a thermal jacket (laughs) yeah it's their little fleece jacket yeah Yeah. made out of water oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's super cool yeah it's crazy to think how uh how these conditions arrive and how it's like it's every year you know like it doesn't feel like things change much but i guess you know yeah the way the earth spins i guess one thing i would like to cover before I forget about it is like we talked about being in your car yeah um, and I think any any time that you're in this condition whether you're in your car or whether you're going backpacking or whatever you need to have like a kit like a safety kit with Absolutely. you at all times what uh, Christian you're, I guess you're the survivalist here a little <laughs> bit but what would I guess I'll open up to everybody what, what would you put in your survivalist pack uh, a kit to keep you warm and safe if you're mm-hmm. just out there in the middle of nowhere or uh, need something. Yeah. Um, for for a lot of people who have been uh, 
raised in the Church of Jesus Christ, I think there has always been an emphasis on like emergency preparedness, right? Oh, yeah. So you think about like what what would you put in a 72-hour kit? Like what would you want in this kind of situation? And throw that in your car. Um, I think for staying warm, aside from the clothing that you would want to wear and bring, um, there there's also... So... Having one of the coolest things I saw on YouTube while we were looking up stuff for this is getting like a tarp or one of those survival blankets, those like reflective blankets. Oh, yeah. And what you can do, let's say it's really cold. What you can do if you're in a safe environment, right, or if you have room for it in your car, I mean, maybe don't do this in your car, but... You know, it's not the worst idea, especially if it's too cold outside. Just be very careful. But you get a small candle. So just something very easy, packable candle, like those really cheap little candles. Oh, yeah. And a a lighter. And what you do is you can put that at the base by your feet and wrap that blanket around you with that candle underneath. And that will will help heat you up. Um, And then what you do is you keep that on. Like let's say you want to go to sleep, you blow the candle out, you keep that on, and that will help you retain a lot of body heat um, throughout the night if you have to if you have to do that. And also always have like some water and food with you too. I think that that that's that's an easy one. Just like water, food, and maybe some like medicine, just simple medicine for like headache or whatever, just in case. So Yeah. Honestly that's that's very interesting because maybe I should start preparing myself for something like that i i personally don't have any um any information that would be helpful for you but i think definitely prepare for something like that look into preparing for something like that 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 is something that i never looked into that i never thought about that i Mm -hmm. highly recommend you think about which is what i'm i'm going to start preparing for because i like, I thought about all the situations that would happen in the heat, but never in the cold. So yeah. <laughs> I think living here for uh, a few years has definitely, like, made me want to be... Because Idaho can be way... Like, because <clears throat> in, in Nevada, it's... Um, you have to fight the heat, of course, but you're usually just in either, like, Reno or Las Vegas and they're big they're pretty big cities. There are some smaller towns here and there, but like it's not like Idaho cuz Idaho's dotted with a bunch of kind of like small big towns, kind of like Rexburg or Idaho Falls where it's like they're actually pretty decent sized towns but they are far apart from each other and way too far to walk, especially in bad climate. Whereas in Vegas, it's like if your car breaks down in the middle of you know Somewhere in Vegas, like you can probably walk somewhere, get help, you'll be fine. There's a casino right around the corner. I don't know. You know? Yeah, there's oh, a lot yeah. of yeah, there's a lot of infrastructure. Whereas living in Idaho, I've realized there's a lot of you kind of need to be self-taught or like self-prepared for certain things so that you can survive getting to those uh, safe points, right? Or getting the help you need, or getting cell phone or service back. So, yeah, I mean that's that's something I, I think about <laughs> quite often actually, and so. Um, yeah, I mean, just the same thing could be said about your apartment too, because if the power drops, oh, it's basically yeah. like being in your car in the middle now you're with other people. So there's that added benefit, but, but yeah, if I could add something to what you said about survival kits real quick, go for it. It would be, this is like, I don't know how many people think about this, but sh- a shovel, like a collapsible mm. shovel, um, to dig your way out of situations or like whatever you need be because 
Um, if you're keeping, like, it's tough because you want to stay warm, but if your car, if you keep your car on, right, and the snow piles up, you're going to get, you're going to die from carbon monoxide. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's going to back up your tailpipe and you're just, your exhaust pipe, and you're just going to, you're going to die from carbon monoxide poisoning. And so one of the things that you need to be aware of is, is keep a shovel. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I guess, I don't know, if you're, if you're in your apartment or, like, on a ground level and, and this doesn't happen in Rexburg, but like if you were to get snowed in, right? At least you have a shovel to dig. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, no, but. a shovel is. Uh, you could also I so when I was in Scouts, when I was it's kind of the end of it. It was like the beginning of high school, so I was like about to become an eagle. But I went on one of my last camping trips, and we did a snow one. And what was really funny was um, there was this one guy who brought a shovel with him, and he was he didn't bring a tent. He was like, no, nah, I don't want to use a tent. He had a tarp. And his sleeping bag, and then he had like a waterproof, it's called a, a bivy bag, uh, which you put over your sleeping bag that waterproofs your like whole oh, your okay. whole system so that you can like kind of sleep anywhere. And so he put, what he did was he took the shovel and he just dug out like a little snow cavity, like I, I don't know how to describe it, but a little like snow hammock, and then put his um, tarp over that, right, and anchored it down with some things. And the... The heat reflection from the snow with his um, sleeping bag actually kept him warmer than anyone who was in a tent that night. Because everyone else who was in a tent was, like, just cold, right? Wow. And, but he was in this little, like, nest that he had made of snow. And the snow actually, like, had melted around him and turned to ice. And he had this little, like, almost like igloo. Like, it was like yeah. a half igloo, like an open-top igloo thing like, going on no joke snow caves and things like that can be the some of the warmest places you can be yeah in snowing conditions yeah. yeah the more you know yeah the more you know but i i always remember that and i'm like yeah so a shovel is definitely mm -hmm. a very valuable tool to have um another thing is i i always try to carry a little bit of um like a multi-tool and like paracord too uh, as well as a tarp or something, or like a thermal blanket in your kit, um, <clears throat> like in your trunk or whatever. The other thing too is um, wood, like little wood uh, two by four blocks, because you can tie that around on your tire, and that gives your wheels more traction to get out of a bad, um, like snowy, muddy situation. So, interesting. I didn't, I hadn't yeah. thought about that. I thought about you know chains and stuff, but you, mm -hmm. you think about little. Those are more portable. So that's yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can kind of just tie it around your uh, your wheel well and your um, and your tire, and you have this bl block of wood, and it gives you enough friction to kind of overcome the ice and the snow. So, but yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's all good stuff. So that's how I prep the car, and then your home is pretty similar, right? Like, have an emergency blanket, have some food and water. Oh yeah. Uh, try to find ways. To, I, you know, it's hard. Like, how do you keep it from free not freezing? I don't know. Like, you know, sometimes you gotta maybe figure out if you need a butane, you know, some sort of little portable stove or whatever that isn't electric. So, but yeah, that's that's all I have for that. So, do you guys have anything else to add? I mean, one thing, and not not for th for that. I mean, I think we covered it pretty dang well. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But something that that doesn't happen very often here in Rexburg, but happens other places. Um, and something I'm sure you have never heard of or very unfamiliar with, Brianna, is... Yes, most likely. <laughs> freezing rain. 
Yeah. Have you guys heard about? I mean, it happened. Yeah. It actually happened what? here. Yeah, it did. In twenty back in twenty seventeen when I first got here. That sounds it happened terrible. my first night. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, like no. it literally for those who are unfamiliar, like we got this all the time in the Midwest, but like it gets cold enough where the rain comes down. It's not it doesn't get cold enough to turn it to snow, but as soon as it hits the pavement or whatever, it turns to ice. So it's like a whole skating rink wherever you mm-hmm. are. Um and I have a funny story about that too because I was we were I was going to visit somebody uh, on my mission in a parking. I think it was an old folks home, and I have some of the worst balance on the planet Earth just just because of my situation. But um, I could not stand up in this parking lot. Like we were like parked in this parking lot, and I was like, "Well, like I can't skate. I don't do like so." Um, we tried several times. I couldn't get up. It was the iciest freaking thing I've ever seen. So what happened was I had my puffer jacket on. I had everything on. And I laid on my back, and my companion just dragged me across the parking lot. Oh, my. Because I couldn't stand up. <laughs> and so we had to find this patch where I could stand up. And I, I got up, and all this, it was okay. But, like, I can only imagine, like, seeing it from the outside, this, like, these two random guys just pulling each other across the parking lot because wow. we couldn't stand up because it was freezing rain. Um, and, you know, the, that's, like, crazy stuff, but it's for real. And you just got to make sure that you know what you're doing. Wow, you don't <laughs> see that in warmer climates. <laughs> no, Mm-mm. no, so. not at all. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, that happened to me the first uh, first night I was ever in Rexburg, and my roommate was like, "Oh, you want to go get? Let's go get Domino's." Because like, oh, it's your first night. Let's go get pizza. Everyone get pizza, and uh, we we go out. Like it was perfectly fine when I arrived and unpacked all my stuff, and then it rained a little, and then we went outside, and the moment we stepped out onto the uh the parking lot we just like oh. we were just we were just slipping and sliding around so it was really funny but we still ended up getting that pizza did you <laughs> <laughs> we were determined so you know what you might as well bring a sled with you cuz yeah might as well right sled or your ice, way skates. Down. <laughs> ice skates yeah. ice skates yeah especially oh my goodness <laughs> you might yep. as well just get that ice skating in now <laughs> absolutely get those one wheels bring skates guys bring skates absolutely yes. <laughs> so but yeah, I think we cover that yeah. all pretty well. I mean, to sum it up, it's layer the you know the quality what you get in clothing, right? And um, that's built for those kind of uh, environments. Yeah, prepare. Yeah, especially. be prepared and prepare your car and your home. And right? educate. Yeah, especially there's educate so many yourself. good resources out there, like on on YouTube and stuff. And you know, I know some people it can be a little bit like, oh, that's like doomsday prepper but like a lot of this is just this is every day for a lot of people like that could it could happen right like it could just be like there's a blizzard i'm stuck in my car i gotta figure it out i i don't think it classifies oh sorry go ahead yeah well i'm just saying it's not like you know just because you it feels like you're prepared for the end of the world you know it's like no you're probably just prepared for a weekend oh (laughs) yeah prepare for tuesday yeah it's not it's not crazy just uh you know it's just about being safe and yeah and that's what this is so i think I mean, I don't classify it as doomsday because it's yeah. doomsday if it doesn't happen. But this happens. Like, it's for real. It's like a personal doomsday. Yeah, it's exactly. like you want to be prepared for the personal uh, problems. Everything that, you that might could run go into. wrong will go wrong, and I'm ready for it. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yeah, there you go. So, you've been listening to The Spot, a production of BYU Idaho Radio. Today's hosts are me, Christian Nelson, Chandler Guadney, and Brianna Leal. 
The views and opinions of this podcast are not that of BYU-Idaho Radio or the university and are solely the opinions of the hosts. This episode was edited by Christian Nelson. Producers were the hosts with supervision by Brandon Isle. Our theme music is Finding Happiness by DJ Quads and The Perpetual Ticking of Time by Artificial Music. To listen to more episodes of The Spot, like and follow us on social media or visit the website byu.edu slash radio and click podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to BYU-Idaho Radio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also leave a review of the show and leave a comment on what we should talk about next.